Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. Here we go. Special edition of Soccer to the Max as we break down and just discuss nil-nil draw between El Salvador and the Unismans national team. Well, it's the first game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's understandable that you're going to have, especially with a team this young, most of this team has no experience at all with qualifying. We knew before the game, before the uh, match started that uh, Chris Belusa was not going to play at all. Uh, so that was a factor. But we knew that going in. I feel like Stack Stephan, or Zach Stefan, sorry. Uh, that Matt Turner was the correct goalkeeper anyway. He's the one that's uh, heavily informed out of the three. So that necessarily wasn't a huge loss, at least for this game uh, anyway. Eric, let, let's look at this through the spectrum of what we do here at Soccer to the Max. For you, what is your first headline? If you look at this in general, what stands out to you? My biggest headline from all this, at least we didn't lose. Going the starting off the last round of the 2014 cycle, the 2018 cycle, we started out with the losses. Here we are with the draw. Now, granted, could we have won? Should we have won? Yes. But there's a lot going on to rework. My two biggest takeaways are the number nine still isn't fully settled, and we need to sharpen up in the final third because attacking at times... It was okay, but for large stretches of the match, it just seemed listless. I think listless is a fantastic word on on that end of just, there was no connection. Uh, obviously, again, like, Pulisic is such a dynamic player. He's such an important figure. Perhaps sometimes getting things going mm-hmm. as being that galvanizing guy. He also kind of gets the rest of the players, especially in attack, pushing forward, moving. He's that guy, your talisman guy, that when you need someone to to make something happen, you know you can count on him. You know you can. He is that one player, especially in CONCACAF, that, that people are going to fear, that you have to worry about what he does on the pitch. And so you remove him. And yes, the U.S. men's national team has plenty of other class players, players that play in big league uh, all throughout the spine of that squad. And that's important, and that's great, and we saw that here. But we saw also how there was just a disconnect. Uh, a large part of this match, there was just I don't understand. I mean, I don't know that you picked the the best front three particularly, but this is the problem you're going to have. I think this three game cycle that you're going to have various times throughout this, you're not going to be able to always have your best players on the field all the time. Why? Because you're playing three games that are really short. You got to manage these players. Yeah, you got three games and you're traveling back and forth in the span of a week. And I get that. And I know Burhalter really played it as such. But one thing I note, and I kind of mentioned the formation. Yeah, you have your core 4-3, but without Pulisic, you instead of having that number 10, pushing forward everything into attack, like you said, we now use more of a number eight and having that with every defense. And that's great. But one thing with El Salvador, yeah, you had moments to where you could get some things. But when you got closer to the box, El Salvador just dropped numbers. And it was all a concept of, okay, work outside from the edge of the eight. 
in going in. And there was just no motivation to break down that yeah. level of compassion. There was there was no creativity. There was None. no let's let's put a dink in here, let's do something, let's like almost everything again was set pieces. You had that one chance by Acosta went off the bar. I mean, that was the closest thing they had. Um, McKinney had that one that went over as well, but it's like there was nothing that makes you go, Oh man, you I mean, yes, there's missed chances. El mm-hmm. Summer had a few as well, most of those offset pieces as well. Um, oh, yeah. a lot less than the U.S. They had one shot on goal, U.S. only had two. Uh, that's not really telling you a whole much. Uh, I mean, Matt Turner had that one save where he had to go down for, and then a couple that went over. But nothing that I think really you had to, that troubled. He did well uh, doing exactly what you asked him to do. I don't think he did anything that makes you go, oh, well, we don't need to start him in the next match against Canada. But I don't know if he's going to try to rotate. Honestly, it's between Stefan and Matt Turner. If you really want to rotate one of these guys, honestly, I would leave Matt Turner in the uh, all three could just to have that consistency back there. But defense, they were fine. Oh, like, yeah. And I didn't worry about them defensively. Mm-hmm. Not that El Salvador has this like wonderful attacking talent that I feel like are completely threatening, but we have seen them score uh, goals. We saw Rivas do it twice in the span of three minutes against Qatar. We've seen them. They were very much up to it against Mexico as well. The goalkeeper was um, made some good saves, but he didn't, you know, it wasn't like standing on his head like he was no. against Mexico. There, there was nothing that made me, again, there was, there was no like big shot, big moment that you go, oh my God, that was the one that got away. And that I think that's the major problem and what you alluded to. The number nine position was not staked in the game. I thought Josh Sargent looked okay mm-hmm. at times. Um, I don't know that uh, Conrad De La Fuente works best as a part of a three there. Uh, Gio Reyna, I thought, was also looked looked pretty deep uh, at times, uh, bombing up that left side, and he did provide some passes into the box and everything. Tyler Adams was terrific in just being very tenacious, very uh, motivated. Um, he he was very great and good in defense, but we didn't see those like killer balls going no. in. Making the making El Salvador have to worry about what the heck's going on. That I think I saw a lot of what we saw in the Mexico game in the Gold Gold Cup. A lot of oh, we had the ball, we lose. We had the ball. It's there no consistency. It's like they they make a couple of passes and then it's gone again. Credit to El Salvador, right? Like you said, yeah, they, they put people back when they needed to. Everything else, Hugo Pérez is. I think that's the one thing I think people don't give Hugo Pérez enough credit for what he's done with El Salvador. Being a former U.S. international, uh, being a terrific player himself, being able to come and you know take some of these these U.S. international players, right, and and bring them into you know uh, Christian Rodon's brother Alex Rodon, which I thought was one of the best players El Salvador had. Uh, Savaleta was good as well. He's another uh, international that's brought over. I mean, looking at this, Eric, I mean that's another headline for me is just you need to figure out your midfield and what you want to do. I feel like you, you understand Tyler Adams, right? That's Tyler mm-hmm. Adams. That's his spot. If you want to play the double pivot with uh, Kellen Acosta, perhaps that's something you do in the Canada game where you have much stronger, much uh, more talented players up front that you need to worry about. Uh, maybe we'll see that, uh, having them both up there. McKinney is fine up up front there. And uh, if you want to put him on the top of a, a diamond or a kind of a free-roaming role there 
I don't know that Brent that Aronson that was his best spot there. As a no, and in like I would have thought you would have put him up front instead of having Conrad up. There. Uh, yeah, and, and this was the thing. I mean, even with someone like Aronson, even if you were to go to like a flat three mid, that would allow a little bit of that roaming at times instead of that triangle. That would have been just fine. You had too much of an overemphasis of really trying to have people there to play out for the back. Yeah. Our oh, best, that was definitely. Oh, yeah. Our best it. presence was when those few times we had those balls bombing forward. And especially after Canada's first Honduras tonight, that's something we're going to Yeah, I mean, I don't think either one of those squads are convincing. We'll get into that later. We go around CONCACAF. Uh, just to start out, I mean, Mexico got a, what you thought would happen with the U.S. because they've been doing that. For the long for a while, at least that was the theme of the Gold Cup of getting those lat those late goals. Uh, and Mexico was the one that got it uh, in the 89th minute to lead the octagonal. Right now, barely pushing by Jamaica, who was missing some big players as well. Mexico as well, obviously. Uh, some of their players, some some of their star players. Uh, definitely, Mexico should be uh, happy about getting the three points. The only squad in the entire octagonal to get the three points. Everybody else had a draw. Again, we'll we'll go more into those games a little bit uh, later, but staying focused on on this one. So, I mean, I mentioned I think some of them, but looking at I guess players that you definitely feel like okay, they they definitely need to keep their spot in the team. Uh, maybe again, not everybody's going to start the same games because you got to rotate players three games days. But who do you think you really feel like, okay, we definitely need to see more of this this player? Or What I'm going to focus on, and this was a mention on the post show, and I want to get into it a little bit, Serginho Des. Because if you're looking at the guys who big-time European club players, right. but not a lot of CONCACAF experience, not really the tips, the tricks, really what to expect. I thought he had a decent, really, inauguration into CONCACAF World Cup qualifying, but I want to see him kind of, I guess, not rely so much on the tricks and leave himself vulnerable to taking a lot of hits and getting a lot of fouls, but at the same time, using that presence to kind of push forward and create trends, especially if you know it's a tense, tight game in those later minutes. I think if he did a little bit of what we saw, see from him more from Barcelona, could have created one or two chances. What we would have done with them, question mark. But I would have loved to just that little extra. Yeah, that's the thing that we see him a lot with Barcelona. Normally we see him go forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes he's more as a wing back than a, a defender. Barcelona play with a, you know, usually a fat flat four. So he'll go forward just like you see Jordi Alba and the other side go forward. Oh, you yeah. didn't see that much here. And again, like you said, he's relying more on the tricks. Then you got to understand which teams you can do that against. Yes. When you're in El Salvador against El Salvador, that's probably not the best place. When you're at home against El Salvador, maybe Mm -hmm. against at home against Canada. Oh, yeah. I really really don't want to see him try to do that against uh, San Pedro Sula because he's going to get smacked by Minor Figueroa or somebody. It's been mentioned he's waiting for that moment where he's going to get knocked down for that kind of stuff. And Like, I'm not saying that you didn't try to be creative. You, you should. Just get the ball forward and go. Just go. Use yeah. that pace that you have. Time and, and keep going. keeping it right. simple. That's what we need is Burhalter needs to think about. There wasn't this, like, possession. 
in this game. There wasn't this domination of the ball. There wasn't, it was more of, it was very 50-50. It was very an El Salvador squad that was never afraid of the U.S. at all. They were, they grew into the game in the second half. They dominated a lot of that. It was a yeah, lot of. I, I uh, think the final possession is right, was right around 50-50, 149 yeah. thereabouts. The U.S. got both the, the, the big yellow cards of this game. DeAndre Yedlin uh, got one. And it's just like Acosta could have got one for the big elbow uh, gave. Uh, I can't remember the player at this moment. Was Lorene, if I remember right? It may have been Lorene, but it's he also did a little bit of the, the John O'Shea from the Portugal. You got hit in the arm. Why do you need to go for the face? The dark arts of CONCACAF. You know which uh, you can manipulate. I mean, it's the on. dark arts of, of football in general. Of just, <laughs> we're going to try to make this a bigger deal. than it, I'm sure that that was not uh, the sweetest of touches or anything uh, for Larine, but don't need to make a total uh, meal out of it. I, no. I will say the team looked a lot better once they brought in the substance. It was a bit more lively. He had Acosta come in. Uh, you had Ant- Anthony Robinson come in. Ford, first, was, I thought he like pushed them a, a bit more forward. And then uh, P-Folk, when he comes in, they looked a lot better. Uh, he was holding the ball up more. He was, you know, taking that chance. He played in McKinney on that one that they had the, the opportunity that led to the Acosta chance. That's the thing that I want to see. I want to see more of. That's the thing that you're you feel like you should see from a team that has these these class players, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's like okay, even though it ended up in a board draw, show a little something. And you mentioned it perfectly with the folk. All of a sudden, he comes, and it's like, okay, you're going down the middle of it. You're mm-hmm. crowding. You're getting more crisp passing. They're pressing more. Chances and pressing. Exactly. And it's like, okay, you're doing all of these things, forcing even better chances on corners. Would have been better for the whole 90 minutes, but at least you gave yourself a chance to come up with a winner. I hope that Berhalter keeps tinkering a bit more with this, necessarily, like, doesn't just stick with okay. This is my formation. work. Like hopefully we see a little bit more of the tinkering. Like I, I really would have loved to see them eventually go to like a three at the back and try to push a bit more forward to get like, hey, you got ten minutes. You got yeah. fifteen minutes. Like especially once you're going to bring on Legit and Roldan, and and you took out one of your defenders. Get it going uh, at that point and try to really. I mean they they did at times, but that's what. I will give El Salvador a lot of credit. I felt like there was always this sense of they had the right person in the right spot they did. at the correct time. And it wasn't like a we got lucky. It was they were well-positioned, well-organized. El Salvador is a team I feel like you need to worry about when you're talking about they definitely could be a third or fourth running. Uh, they could give Canada a run for their money there on in third or definitely be making that push for the continental playoff place it's like absolutely because i mean when you get to the point and you had mentioned with the position even though especially the last 10 minutes in they were like okay we don't necessarily have to threaten Mm -hmm. we're gonna still make the u.s think and i noticed we started chasing the ball a bit more chasing it more closing down a little bit too much and it's like okay if you've got this against El Salvador, that's one they weren't going to, although honestly, I think they should have 
tried to pluck get themselves a miracle chance for a goal. You go against someone else doing that, you are quick to get burned. I mean, like, that's the thing is what's important here is they didn't lose. You said mm-hmm. at the beginning, uh, they got to draw away in a tough place to play. I mean, the El Salvador crowd was very much into this game. Every time they did something, it was a roar. Like you would be watching, you know, a, a club game. Uh, they were absolutely into this. And I, I really love that environment of just feeling like you really had that team against you. It must have been so loud for them to try to talk to each other and communicate. Perhaps that's part of the reason, you know, there was some lacking in the final third as well. Communication is difficult when that environment's so loud after you've played all these friendlies and everything with no crowd or, or anything during the pandemic, you know, so, or you haven't played in some time period. I think it's very important to look at that aspect of you now have a feeling of what it's like to go to enemy terrors in a place where the crowd is there and they are into this at any moment of whatever El Salvador is doing. Anytime there was a foul or where they thought there was going to be a foul, it was this this absolute uh, going for it from the El Salvador crowd. I, I love that too. Just and let's we forget, it was like fireworks or all kinds of like a popping and stuff from the crowd that whole first 10 minutes. They were throwing stuff at the, yeah. you would expect when they would do the corner. You now have a little bit more experience. Mm-hmm. That's, that's important too. You don't, uh, you didn't lose. You stood firm. You never looked, you never let El Salvador really, they grew into the game, yes, but I, I never at one moment felt I needed to be no. afraid about losing or, I mean, it helps when they really didn't have much going in the final third themselves either. There wasn't anything that really was dangerous for Matt Turner at all either on that front. So it was really, I think you mentioned it in the in the chat, at times it was very blah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. And, and I mean, from the aspect of, okay, in a week's time, we've got to head down to San Pedro Sula, okay. This was a warm-up for that level of atmosphere. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's like, now you know you've got to be on your game. And it's like, hey, you started out with this draw, but now if you're in a position to where you've been around to this sort of a crowd, you know how it goes, if you've got a chance to clean up and go ahead and win, go get it. Yeah, definitely. That's the killer instinct that you need to have. Whether it is to go and put two up front in that last 10 minutes or so, uh, get a bit more pragmatic and just start. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You know, don't worry about, oh, well, I got to have the pretty formation with three players up front and all that's Like, look, put your two best strikers up there mm-hmm. and let's go. You know, like that's why I really hope if you want to look at uh, something for me, I think that's a topic something we need to get into. We're done with this game. It is. We can take what we want out of it. There was some disappointment in that you feel like you should have got three points, but you didn't lose, so that's a positive as well. Mm-hmm. Now you go into this Canada game at home in Nashville. You feel yeah. like you should. This is a formidable team in Canada. This is not a you know the old Canadas of the past that you feel like you should definitely be better than you both. You both teams have class players, but you're at home. You definitely need to win your home games. You need to look at what perhaps could be your best strike partnership or your best chance to score goals. And for me, I thought people look the best out of the strikers put up there. I feel like you need to be a bit more or just maybe even think about if you're not going to play the two up front, maybe play the one up front and just have 
I think this is something that helps with Ballista's coming back. Again, yeah. he puts that fear, that that dynamism back into the team of now Canada, and they don't have the best defender. They, they really don't. And... To, to have to think about him. And then you pair him, whether it's Folk or Ricardo Pepe. I really hope he gets a chance, a look at in that game. I think that's the best chance you have to play. He's still young. You don't want to get him too nervous going to undo us and no, all that. Yeah. I feel like the Canada game is the best spot for him. Too. Yeah, make it you know more friendly confine. He already knows like a little bit about it. Just kind of ease him into things. And even with the Pulisic, nothing wrong with even if you're going back to a four four two. Nothing because you have the more of a freedom, especially going out wide. If you're still going to rely on those crosses, and then. Say you've got a good lead, things are in the bag, okay, you make a switch and you can finish out in a 4 one one Yeah, you can you can play with that more when you that I just want to see a little bit a little bit more up front. A little bit more like yeah. let's creative and let's try to figure out something that may work. Uh you know what you have kind of very well. So you kind of know, okay, if you're gonna bring in John Anthony Brooks in the back or play him with Team Ream, or you're gonna play him with Miles Robinson and then you know, you kind of know whether you're going to play Anthony Robinson instead of Pino Des for one game. I feel like DeAndre Yedlin is is best in that uh, that right back role. But if you want to, you know, play someone else uh, there, you can certainly. I think it's it's more about what do you do. I really feel like take that chance with the double double pivot of Kellen Acosta and Tyler Adams. Have two guys, one that could move up forward right if you need to to mm-hmm. be that glue in between of okay well maybe you need to go back a little bit have one go back a little bit more have one go forward a little more and then you have mckinney there and and go with uh whoever you know whether and and p folk or ballistics and peppy just that's just to create that just at all times you have to worry about like whether you want to put rain up there yeah uh, with someone I think you kind of know what the core of this team is. He's still trying to figure out what are the best pieces to put in, in place. Yeah, and I mean, and it's one of those things to where, all right, you know you have the players, and it's about, as you just said, getting to the right place. But it's like, if you know what you're dealing with player-wise, shape your system around it. As you say, that double pivot, even with the Pulisic up front, like that inverted, and if you're going to stick with if you're going to maybe switch to a three at the back, you could go a three, four, one, two. That way you still have that little bit of width, but you can focus what that means. Pushing forward, you're getting numbers up much easier. It's a lot to figure out. Knowing Burhalter, I trust him to do better in figuring yeah. it out quickly, but in the end, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know that he's going to mess with it too much, but like I said, I do hope he he gives some players a chance, especially up front. Now that you saw, you saw some good things, but you didn't see anything. Oh, fluid. Oh, going. Oh, oh man, I really love this attack. You didn't see anything there. So try to move some of those pieces and bring some other folks in and get them a chance to see if they can show you something that you didn't see from Sergeant De La Fuente, McKinney, and 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 that front line that you got there. Change it up a little bit and let's see what we get with the uh, the Canada game, especially again trying to. Take advantage of the fact that Canada doesn't have these necessarily stout defenders mm-hmm. um, that maybe you can take advantage uh, more. They have a lot. Uh, they have Alfonso Davies you got to worry about, and they have a lot going in attack. 
but they're not this like style defensive team. So, exactly. Set up to where instead of going for a nil-nil, prepare no, for you, a No, you cannot do that at home. You cannot no. go for that. Prepare, prepare for a lot of goals. See what yeah. you can in getting that win. Yeah, exactly. And take advantage of that winner like we saw in most of the Gold Cup. Now, there are other teams that are playing CONCACAF. Let's talk about those for a little bit here. Again, I mentioned Mexico got the late winner against Jamaica, but Jamaica did pull one back after Mexico had scored originally. And that game was close all throughout. So good to see Jamaica and Mexico, even though both were missing some some players that you really want to see be playing for those squads. That was a rough game for both teams there. Costa Rica and Panama, I feel like you're talking about the two bottom teams. Of, yeah. It's weird to say. It's weird to say, right? For so long, it's been Costa Rica, Panama. Those are the those are two of the teams you got to worry about when it comes to CONCACAF qualifying. They have not looked convinced for a while now. No, we've seen a little bit of the downfall of Los Ticos when he got to the Final Four of the Knicks. So I am not terribly surprised. I mean, for their sake, I hope this is one of those phases to where, you know, you're out of that golden generation building. But to see them potentially, now again, one out of 14. But as you said, the bottom feeders and at least not pushing for that intercontinental playoff spot yeah come on yeah gonna be interesting when you get to play them because i i have not been with either uh lately at all uh canada honduras played a tight one as well two penalties Those yeah. are the, that's the two goals for canada and Honduras. so really jamaica and mexico were the only teams to score from open play in the entirety of Concaf round one because you had two nil nils and you had two penalty games uh, between Canada and, and Honduras, Honduras getting that vital point going away to Canada to be more field and sneaking a point away from Canada, one that I'm sure Canada would like to have back because now, again, just like the U.S., you're in a position where even though you're going to the United States, you feel like that pressure's on to, to get to either get another draw or get those three points as well. So that's going to make that game on Sunday uh, very much uh, super interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, just to, like for everybody on like a Twitch and watching us live. Yes, Robert and Randy is just saying. See, Randy's sitting there making comments about your your wonderful camera now that you have. Well, so. I gotta thank yeah. you for that, hooking me up. You know, making me look better. Yeah, <laughs> see, but that's that's the point. We want to uh, this show the professional, so that's uh, that's what we're trying to do uh of course if you don't know randy and, and robert have their own uh great show on tuesdays you can go listen uh on the radio or watch on Streamyard or watch streaming if you will have to uh give a link to randy at least on his twitter or whatnot so yeah. you can... facebook and youtube are in our yeah. sports report just like us so no we're not gonna stay off your pitch you just have to deal <laughs> yes exactly that's sometimes it's it's gonna happen you're gonna have uh, times where you go against each other on, on one night chats. You have to do the uh, AEW and uh, WWE battle. What's better at that at that point? But yeah, so I mean, for me right now, none of the teams look way better than the others. No, at this point, maybe Mexico gets to bring Jimenez and Chucky Lozano, uh, Tecatito, and all that uh, in in one squad. Perhaps we're looking at much better odds for Mexico and and being able to. Like you know what we're used to seeing, but again, we're we're talking about Concaf is always tough, tough thing. We saw this, um, you know, if you watch some of the post game, 
uh, Kate Abdo tried to play that up of like, well, this is still a Salvador U.S. Show. And it whooped them or whatever. It's like, you don't realize when you go down to El Salvador with that, again, like I mentioned, that crowd, yeah. the way it is, that is a tough place to go and play. Yeah. And with yeah. an experienced squad, like, like the U.S. brought out. It- yeah, and something like with this in, in San Salvador, even some of our best of the best, they've had a change, they've struggled. That is just how it is. And you mentioned it perfectly with parody. We probably won't really know what's going on or how the table's going to be shaping up even at the end of this treble header. I mean, yeah. you know, Mexico could have another fluke result. Yes, with U.S. and Canada and all that. It's like, yeah, home away. You're not like having this goal. U.S. and Mexico, Costa Rica, and everybody else. It's just now you have a lot of these other countries catching up. That's the thing that's uh, going to be interesting when you go into these second round of games. What are, are we going to see anything different from any of the uh, teams in those fixtures as far as CONCACAF goes? I mean, it, you know, we talk about the U.S., uh, U.S., Canada. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, I mean, Jamaica, Panama, see for Jamaica there. You saw them look sharp against Mexico. I wonder if that should be one where you're thinking that should be easy. the Honduras, that's going to be, that's always a tough game. It's always a, you talk about getting those tackles and getting the challenges in. That that's one always, is oh. going to be nasty. Yes. Nasty. But, yeah. And all these games are on Sunday, by the way. So, and if you have Paramount Plus, you can actually watch all of them. So, you know, Panama Jamaica's first at six, then El Salvador, um, Honduras, and Costa Rica, Mexico. Costa Rica, Mexico before would have been another top class. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you would have, in years past, you would have said, oh, man, the, the Ticos that are, you know, we've seen them go to World Cups and decently, and then, of course, the perennial top dogs, Mexico. It's like different Costa Rica squad right now. So really hope that it's still a tight game, but I could definitely see Mexico. That could be the first one we could see a, a blowout win. And yeah, and that's just Mexico. Essentially, it's going to help them get their feet under them. So it's good timing that with Costa Rica be so down as they are. But even then, while they did look a little underwhelming against Jamaica, you got to worry, even if they can to bring back, you know, Lozano and everyone else, like you mentioned, if it's a back-to-back underwhelming performance, then do you start questioning Mexico as well? How is Tata Martino really going to handle so it should be an even, but there's going to be question marks if it isn't even. I mean, but that's the thing with Mexico lately. It's been a lot of questions mm-hmm. uh, so far. But I think this helps them a lot. In all the summer that they've had to deal with, with losing the championships and everything else, it's Mexico got the big win and they're leading uh, CONCACAF qualifying. Right? So we'll see how the tables turn on Sunday when we get to those games that go on. And uh, we are going to do a Ted Lasso review. I'm pretty much up with it. I know they have the next show. If it's not on Apple Plus already, it's on Apple Plus in the morning. So I, I'm ready. I, I've been enjoying that. If I can that. get a chance to bin, I'll put it out there. Yes. The great thing about Ted Lasso is it's like 30 minutes. So it's this, this a 30 minute show. Bad. Yeah, it's it's a fun show to watch. They have enough of the soccer, enough of the comedy, and then some really great characters together. We're going to all have fun. Maybe we can get Rachel to watch it. Maybe. And we can all have a, a big <laughs> review uh, on this one. Because there's, uh, there's some girl stuff in there, too. It's, it's, a, it's a good show that has a lot of... A lot of I, I just really enjoy it because it makes me laugh. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's wrap it up here. U.S. nil no, no. You wanted to see more, but I think this is a good start. You didn't lose, like you said. 
And now you can move on to the Canada game. Let's see what happens. We'll have Rachel with us on Sunday for the review of U.S. Canada. That game starts at 8 o'clock, should end about 10. So hopefully we'll be on here about 10.30 Eastern time. Uh, I know for, for Randy and Robert over there, it's 7.30 p.m. Eastern. They're, gonna yeah, uh, they're out on, well, I can't say they're entirely on the best coast because they're just adjacent to it, but still early enough for them. <laughs> See, Randy's talking about Ted Lasso becoming one of his best, his I favorite mean, shows of all time, so we definitely go, got Going on, it's odds yeah. on favorite to win a lot of key awards coming up. So if yeah. you're into that sort of... well. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you uh, to our wonderful uh, live viewers. And, and hey, you know what, friends? That's why you have awesome there they're watching. They are your uh, your biggest cheerleaders and sometimes give you the best motivation. So, Robert, Randy, Harry, thank you all for watching uh, live. And anybody else that may have to uh, during this, I mean, I don't really expect people to be watching at one thirty Eastern time. But you can listen to us later. Uh, or you can watch us later on YouTube as well. You can watch us on YouTube. You can listen to us on anywhere that there are podcasts, uh, Spotify, Apple Google Podcasts, Overcast. Uh, we are on lastwordsoccer.com, net.com. And you can find us on Twitter. Eric is Sportshead. I am at WTM Sean. So until, and you can also go follow the wonderful Rachel Krieger at, at Rachel Krieger on Twitter. Go check out her stuff at The Equalizer and Last Word on Soccer. Uh, wonderful writer of all of the three of us here. So <laughs> until next time, make sure you check out Eric and Harry on the kickoff. Is it going to be Wednesdays for sure? Are Wednesdays, that around? Wednesdays okay. for sure. This week, though, had a little bit of scheduling, so it should be up tomorrow. Yeah. But Wednesdays were really locking. Okay, so Wednesdays, if you want to, uh, hopefully at some point, being able to watch live and and then you can also listen on the same place. So you go subscribe to that whole W2 network. You get the kickoff. You get soccer, the match. You get video games uh, to the max that I host as well. And you also get all the wonderful stuff, the entertainment stuff that the Mark Radlitz team uh, provides. As uh, you know, as we're getting closer to that Shang Chi uh, movie being available for everyone, and they're of course going to have that review for you. Um, so until next time, until Sunday when we're talking about U.S. Canada. See you later, everybody. Peace. Bye.